another episode of pageants and prosecco this is your host brett here your host is with the Moses, and today we are talking about the new movie dumpling that is about to drop on netflix who's excited for that is dropping in a few like days almost really december 7th dumpling will premiere on netflix which is going to be jennifer aniston's first movie on netflix like this um, to premiere it straight to Netflix. So, kind of excited about that. But first, let me tell you guys what I am sipping on. Okay, shall we? As I take a sip. Mm, mm, mm. It's actually really good too. So, I have a 2009 Casa de Pena, which is a wine from the south of France, like so far south, almost in Spain. 
by the Mediterranean, so it's southeast in the Pyrenees area of France. And it's a blend. It has Carrigan, Syrah, and Grenache grape in it. So that's three different grapes in it. But it's very big and bold, and it's unfiltered. And what unfiltered means is that they, um, you know, it's unfiltered. Like, this still is cloudy. There might still be some sediment in it. But there's, it's going to constantly be aging, and it's going to constantly make a new wine um, when air is added to it and um, when it's in the bottle. But it's really good, and it gives it its, like, earthy characteristics to it. Um, so it tastes like minerals and um, oak and stone, marble. It has those kind of qualities to it. Almost tastes like um, bourbon a little bit. and has a really nice brown, tawny color to it. Um, but usually most winemakers filter wine to remove like tiny particles and that create a little hazy appearance. And taking these filters provides stability, but some winemakers believe this process strips away aromas and flavors. Um, the wine might not be as clear, but unfiltered wines can be as good as sometimes, or even better than filtered ones. And I haven't really had a unfiltered wine. This is my second one I had for sure, um, but they label it on the bottle, unfiltered or filtered, because sometimes that's you know a selling point for some people who are wine snobs and buyers and stuff like that but this is an unfiltered wine and it's really nice it's really good it's really big bold you can look at my instagram to see it i actually brought this bottle twice one because it was only 2.99 but two because it was that good and i felt like it was a different type of wine i saw the price first obviously i'm a cheap wine kind of store over here i saw the price first and then i studied it and i was like well I'm actually learning something different about this and then I can see where it's coming from. So the price for it being three bucks is because in that area of France, the southern region of France at one point was making half of all the wine coming from France. And you know, France is a really, really the main country producing wine. Um, mainly, like that's where it all started, France and Italy, Greece. So, um, that area of France, south of France, making half of the wine in France. And now, up until like the 80s, 90s, it's like a third of all the wine come from there. So, they have all this wine, and that's why it's at a lower price, because there's so much of it. But it's really delicious. It's really good. And I actually found another wine when I was doing my studies. I realized how close it was to Spain and the Mediterranean Sea, where this came from. And I found a Spanish wine from Spain using the same three grapes. The Kerrigan, Syrah, and Grenache combination. So I got that. So I'm excited to see how that's going to be um, in comparison to this. Same grapes, but literally a couple hundred miles away from each other. But that area is very um, low and has a nice cool, nice breeze coming off the Mediterranean Ocean. It has plenty of sunlight. I believe it said they were on hills. So... It's a really nice wine, really nice, delicious, big, bold, kind of like today's episode. This is going to celebrate the big girls, the big, bold pageant girls and winners and queens that we have in our circle. So this movie, Dumplin', coming out with Jennifer Aniston. Let's talk about it. 
So, um, like I said, this is Jennifer Anderson's first major movie on Netflix to debut on Netflix. And it's about this girl, Willow Dean, who is a daughter to Jennifer Anderson. And Jennifer Anderson is a former local title holder. And she goes back every year to put on a show and, you know, make sure it's good. This is based off a book called Dumplin' by Julie Murphy. And the slogan says, go big or go home. And um, Jennifer Anson is actually producing this movie as well. And it's considered a comedy. And it was a young adult novel. And Netflix just announced this was coming out in September. It's based on this book. And Dolly Parton is a huge part of it. She wrote the theme song and there's a few other songs. I believe six other songs for the film. Which is going to feature Dolly Parton in it. So that's kind of exciting. Um, <laughs> and Netflix, when they announced it, they said Jennifer Aniston wearing a crown is how the world should always be. <laughs> and then they showed a first look for the trailer. Which is what you listened to earlier in this episode. What did you guys think about it? So, Willow Dean Dixon is the, t- is the title character. She's the plus-size daughter to Jennifer Aniston. And during the pageant season of her mother putting on the show, it says that she's fed up of feeling inadequate in the pageant world as a result of traditional beauty standards. You, you know how it goes. And seeing how they impacted her mother, Willow Dean, who is regarded by her mother as dumpling, decides to enter the pageant to prove to everyone that beauty comes from within. And then some people are saying that they do see a little bit of Rachel from season one in the beauty-obsessed pageant princess character that Jennifer Aniston is going to portray. Though the focal point of the movie isn't just Aniston's performance, but also the message the movie's going to give to young women about body image, of course. And... What some people said that they feel like this movie is going to be a good one, not a cliche. Someone is down on their luck and meet somebody and they change their life and they enter a contest or play a game and they win and then it's all happy ever after after that. Well, one person says, according to Glamour.com, they said that this movie is more progressive and it's different because... They said in the trailer, which I ran back and watched and listened, and now I see, Willow Dean expresses, does, wait, she doesn't express hate or contempt for her body. She doesn't feel the need to lose weight before she enters this pageant or alter her appearance in any way. Rather, she knows that people's narrow view of beauty is the problem, not her. And that's why she wants to fix it. It's a refreshing and necessary depiction that unfortunately doesn't happen too often in pop culture, even though we've come far in the beauty positive movement. That to me is pretty interesting to see. And watching the trailer, I do see how that's going to play out. I understand how that's going to work. She does get help from a local drag queen who was featured on RuPaul's Drag Race, Ginger Minaj, I believe is the last name, M-I-N-J. And I believe she helps her get her confidence 
But what's interesting is that they do mention that. From what we can see, she doesn't try to alter her body weight. I don't think, obviously, that she's going to find, like, a weight loss solution for it or say that she needs to change her hair or get a job done. Um, she's going to go as, as is, you know, like church. Come as you are. She's going to compete as she is. And for me, I love it. And then she does say that she's not. So when she enters the pageant, other uh, plus size or bigger size women in the high school sees her entering the pageant and they enter the pageant too. And she's like, hold on, <laughs> like, hold on, Trap. This is not, I'm not the Joan of Arc of big women. And she starts a whole movement. And so all these women are competing of all different sizes in this pageant to change the stereotype of what beauty is and how beauty is going to be portrayed and I don't I don't think she's going to win I feel like if she wins and I didn't read the book so I don't know I feel like if she wins for me as someone who is a creative and likes storytelling and looks at storylines and plots if she won that would be too easy of a story for me I think it would would provide more depth if she didn't win but maybe somebody else won that was plus size or something. But who knows? We'll watch it. We'll sit back and watch it. And of course, I'll bring, I'll come back with another episode talking about it afterwards. It comes on December 7th. But real quick, I wanted to talk about this overall theme of size and pageantry and just the way that we're seeing beauty transform in the beauty pageant segment and I'm so happy for it we've seen a few queens like we have the Miss Plus America we have Sierra who is Miss Universe Canada who said you know she she initially lost weight to compete but then she said forget it I'm just gonna do me and she ended up gaining that weight back and competed as what really is her natural self um, without doing too much, you know, who she really, what her true size, which was, um, I think only a size like 10 or 12 or something like that, but she stood out in a good way. And now she's really one of the most known people that competed that year in Miss Universe. And now she's married. <laughs> so it all worked out for her. But she said, you know what? I'm just going to come as I am. I'm not going to try to lose weight and conform to these societal norms. And I think I would have to applaud people who, and I'm not somebody who's plus size or can say anything about being a big size because I get torn down for being small a lot. And <laughs> it's, it's a gift and a curse. Because some people, especially coming from a the black culture, where, you know, weight and juiciness and a booty is applauded. And if you don't have jiggle, <laughs> either your thighs or the butt, then they think that you're hungry or that you're starving yourself or that you're doing things unhealthy. And when you're like, no, this is actually just how, you know, this is how I am. I'm not trying to lose weight. I might even eat you under the table, but 
or eat you on yeah eat you under the table but you know for someone who's on a smaller size and could piece in pageantry and no one says anything about it I feel like it takes a lot of guts to know that traditionally larger sizes have to be crowned really traditionally like size 8 10 and above aren't crowned and if you are a woman who is size 8 and above and you come to the pageant world because you want to win and you want to promote your platform and you want to make a difference in your community regardless of what society says is beautiful and your body sizes I totally applaud that there's nothing that is going to stop you and no one should stop you but unfortunately in the pageant world we've seen that before we've seen a few instances of beauty queens who gave up their crowns or turned it back in because national directors were telling them that they need to lose more weight or that they need to go on a diet quickly before internationals come you can't represent this country looking like that this is the 21st century and people are hearing this miss um miss uk um what what system was she in miss um i can't think of what system that she was in oh united united continents um great britain she was told immediately that she needed to go on a diet in 2017 to prepare for the miss united continents pageant and she was like what like and she's considered a size eight over here it's a size 10 in UK. And for impression, she's not even big. Like, oh, I guess I shouldn't say that. But she looks fine, like a decent size to me. So I don't know where the weight will even come from. But we do see it in the pageant world and the modeling world. Where people say our thighs are too big. Or something's wrong with our face. Nose too big. Mouth's too big. Eyes too small. But if you are your true, authentic self, eyes butt cheeks legs calves I see some, I need to see some people get some calf injections which is kind of weird but if you come to the pageant world knowing that you're going to get judged on how you look and come as you are not giving a damn what people say that to me takes a lot of strength and gut and that to me is one reason why you should get crowned because you don't care and then you're not going to let tradition get in the way of what your agenda is. And I think that's what Willow Dean is doing in this movie. They're saying, look, if this pageant will be, this pageant was here before I got here. It's going to be here after I get here. You're going to crown me today or not. Or you're going to crown me next week. Or next year, I mean. Or you're going to crown me after that. There's four years in high school. We can do this all four years. But at what point are you going to change the traditional way your queen looks? have to say that it's tough already to put yourself out there on stage in a swimsuit period but to put yourself out there in a swimsuit and your plus size and you know the audience might say something or you got a little bit more jiggle where some people don't that's that's strength and that's determination and that's super cool and it's, it shows 
it shows determination and it shows tenacity. Kind of the same thing. But I think it's really good. And I think that we need to applaud our plus-size girls who are competing in the Miss Universe system but just aren't getting crowned. We see them, we know them, but the Miss Universe state directors aren't crowning them. At what point are we going to change the way Miss USA looks? Does she have to always be tall? Does she always have to be skinny? What is what is true beauty? Like, we can't have a beauty pageant and only crown one type of beauty. That's that's weird. Like, think about it. At what point are we going to have a Miss Universe who doesn't have a six-pack? At what point are we going to try to stop trying to get a six-pack to win a pageant? I am obsessed with this wine. It's so good. Mm-mm-mm. It's so good. Even Miss America got rid of their swimsuit competition. And still didn't crown somebody who was a bigger size. Don't get me wrong. Now I had Nia winning out the gate. You guys heard my episode. But that was just off GP, off talent, facial beauty, headshots, um, the way she talked, following her, the way she looked, the his, you know, it was time for another black winner. <laughs> um, I feel like it didn't crown someone black. You know, in Miss America was the year of black girl magic. Three out of the top five were black women. Massachusetts and Iowa, shout out to you. Um, but, like, they didn't have a swimsuit, and they still managed to count somebody who was a traditional pageant girl size. And there were a few women who were bigger, I believe. But maybe we'll see that more in the Miss America system. But then I wonder, the backlash, the night that she is crowned, or the days after, the tweets that come out saying, oh, she's too big to be Miss So-and-so. How could she be Miss So-and-so? She must be Miss Plus So-and-so. Because, you know, some people look bigger on TV than they actually are. Miss Indiana USA a few years ago, Michaela Shaw, uh, yeah, she's with Mrs. America recently, she was hailed as a bigger contestant and when I heard her measurements I believe she had the same measurements as me or maybe she was a size six but I think she was five seven but she had a regular size measurements to me she was like 30 in her 30s I believe I was like um in the low 30s that sounds like a regular measurement but she just looked bigger in comparison to who was there and I don't know if she was that size and I thought she was a regular size and I wonder how small the other women were and frankly when I watch pageants and I see someone who's like small and I know I just said that you know people come and meet being small but if you are just that's like a unhealthy small size that just looks wrong. <laughs> what I'm like, and it's just like, uh, 
I don't want people like that on the stage because I don't want people to think that that's how they have to look in order to win. Like, there's some people who are just so skinny, and I'm just like, girl. Like, I'm like, people tell me, are you eating? It's like that. Like, I don't even see a stomach on you. Where is this food even going? It's just like, that's too skinny. And I don't want someone who's too skinny to win and just gives us all, all of us unrealistic expectations on what it takes to win. You're not going to crown me, period, because me, my size is going to be too big. I think that's treacherous. I think we need to start having more Miss USA's, Miss America's, national title holders who reflect the way America looks. We're seeing that in we're kind of seeing it in diversity of the race of these national winners. The current Miss USA class that we're seeing now are crowning a whole diverse type of women. I believe six women so far are women of color. Um, but very diverse candidates are being considered nowadays. And we're seeing a lot more people who are brunette winning over blonde because blonde was a traditional pageant petty look. And we're seeing more people with brunette, brunettes win and more um, darker undertones and eye colors and stuff like that win as well. And more black women win. Which makes me happy. You know, representation matters, whether it's in race or body size. The young women who we are working for, ultimately, as Miss So-and-so, are looking up to us. And they want to see themselves in us. And if they don't, if they see someone who is unrealistically their, not their size, like, how can you tell someone, you know, you could tell when, how you're going to be when you're, like, you know, a teenager. If you're 13, 14, and you are kind of a bigger, you're like, oh, I need to either change the way this is now or this is going to always be it. Like Katie in This Is Us, she constantly had an eating problem um, and her parents saw it but never addressed it. And now here she is at 35, are they on the show? 36 on the show? And look at all the issues she's dealing with when it comes to trying to get pregnant and everything because of weight. But um, for her to see a beauty queen that is really small it makes you it tears you away like why would I even compete look look at the winners so not that's not how I look that's what I do now when I look at race I'm saying who historically have you crowned because if you haven't crowned a black woman in 15 years and when you didn't crown her she was the only black woman to win in the last 15 years of the pageant my odds of winning are gonna be very very low so representation matters in all types of ways. And if you see a Miss So-and-so that's a size 10, the average size of a woman in America, then we're like, oh, okay, you know, she's relatable. She's cool. As opposed to someone who's six foot tall and size two, and you're just like, I can never be that. She's like a statue. It's like seeing a basketball player. You know, you, you relate more to basketball players if they're from your hood or if you know them or you see them grow, grow up uh, or you hoop with them you're like oh he's just like me if he did it I could do it but if you see a basketball player and you're like six and he's like Michael Jordan and you're like man I can never be like him I can never be like him and then you just it, it, it never becomes attainable 
So I think that's the importance of um, this movie. And that's why I'm glad to, to watch it, too. I'm excited to watch it. I don't think I'll read the book, though. I'm not really big on reading books anymore that have movies attached to them because I feel like lately people haven't been making movies like the books and it's two different works of creative minds and it's just not going to be the same altogether. And If I read a book already, I would go to the movie to it, but I'm not going to go find the book just to read it and then see how it turns out in the movie. I'm not that type of person. But if you are, you know, more power to you. And of course, when this drops on Netflix on December 7th, I will come right back to you guys and tell you my opinion on it, my thoughts, and a recommendation on if you should watch it or not. But maybe you already see it by then. And also, on a final note, I'm going to have to conclude a season one of this podcast and take a brief hiatus because, like I said, it's my birthday month. In December, I'm a Christmas baby. I really am a Christmas baby, like for real, for real. Um, so I'll be taking a brief hiatus around mid-December until January. Um, just to celebrate the holidays, my birthday, and to come back and regroup for the podcast and come even bigger and stronger with some big, big uh, interviews for you guys for next year in 2019. But besides all that, We'll cross that bridge when it will get there. Okay. Until next time, you guys. And until this episode drops. I'm trying to debate if I should say until the episode, the movie drops, or until next episode. But until next episode, cheers. And thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. I get a lot of feedback from you guys on Instagram, and I see the numbers. And we were to follow it and track it and see what kind of episodes you guys like. And it's really cool. And I just want to say thank you for just supporting my dream and for listening. It's something I've been thinking about for a minute. And I'm just glad that I can see it come to fruition. And part of that fruition is you. So I hope your glasses are empty. And I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Until next time, you guys. Cheers. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope your glass is empty. And if you can, please subscribe. And if you want to even review this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, subscribe so that way you get my newest episode every time it drops and you guys can tune in. Until next week, you guys, cheers. And thank you for listening. I'll see you guys later. Bye-bye.